Hi, this is Lainey Cameron, and you're listening to the Best of Women's Fiction podcast, which I co-host with book blogger extraordinaire and fellow writer Ashley Hasty, founder of the Hasty Booklist. I'm an author of women's fiction, a digital nomad, and a marketing expert. And if you haven't read my multi-award-winning novel, The Exit Strategy, I'd love if you checked it out. I created this podcast to showcase authors and books I admire. If you enjoy it, I'd love if you subscribed. And even better, give it some stars or a quick review. In this episode, Soraya Lane, who is a best-selling author of historical and contemporary women's fiction and romance, introduces us to her new series, The Lost Daughters, and to the first in the series, The Italian Daughter. I'm here with Soraya Lane. This is so exciting for me because I've read Soraya's historical fiction. This one is dual timeline, modern and historical, 1946, I believe. And it's the first in a series of... Did I get seven right? There's going to be seven in this series. Is that right? There's actually supposed to be eight, would you believe? Eight. Uh, I've always wanted to write a big series and somehow it's just, you know, I had all these ideas and it's exploded into into an eight book idea. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear more about how you come up with an eight book series that just blows my mind. And even like the concept of selling an eight book series to a publisher, it's fascinating to me. But let's start with where are you joining us from? Because you have such a fun location that you're in. So tell folks where you are. Yeah, I do. So I'm in New Zealand, if you haven't been able to tell by my strange accent. So yeah, coming to you from New Zealand. Let's just start by talking about the book, the first in the series, The Italian Daughter. Why don't you tell folks it just came out, so they're probably not familiar with it yet. Give them a little bit of the spiel. Tell them about the book. So this is obviously the first book in my new series, which is uh, the Lost Daughters series. I feel like I've been planning this series for such a long time in my mind, um, just trying to piece it all together. The main story that really had always stood out to me when I was sort of thinking about it was the story set in Italy. And I think because I wrote this first book during lockdown, so here in New Zealand, we had very, very strict lockdowns during COVID. We could only leave the house, you know, for groceries or to go to the doctor. So it was it was very strict. I think I was suddenly dreaming with our borders, our international borders, borders closed. I was just dreaming of, you know, being able to travel and Italy was just the place that I kept thinking about. I wanted to do a dual timeline, um, which is a little different for me. The story uh, begins, we've got the modern day story, which is set in London. And obviously we're introducing readers to the series as well. You find out that there has been, there's been this house called Hope's House, which has existed for unmarried mothers and their babies to to give birth and to find adoptive parents for those children. And so we have uh, the story opening where with the main character, Lily. She's um, summoned to the offices of a lawyer and she finds out that there's been this little box left behind um, for her grandmother, but her grandmother has passed away. Now her family don't know that her grandmother was adopted and it turns out her grandmother never knew either, but this little box has been left along with seven other boxes. It was found beneath the floorboards and it has two clues in there about the the grandmother's past, about her heritage. So suddenly Lily finds herself on this journey of traveling to Italy. She's a winemaker, so she has actually taken a job on a beautiful vineyard. And of course, there is also a very, very um, handsome uh, man that she falls in love with on the vineyard who helps her to discover her past or, or, or 
figure out what these secrets mean. The clues that she has, she has a, an old recipe, a handwritten recipe, part of a program that she doesn't know what the program was. And it actually turns out that it's it's a theatre program from La Scala, which is a famous theatre in Italy. That starts her on her um, on her journey of trying to figure out her grandmother's past. In the meantime, we also have, we have part of the book set or about about half of the book set in the past, which is where we meet Este and Felix. And Este is a beautiful young girl who's a ballerina. She's fallen in love with Felix. Felix is from a very prominent family. His family owned bakeries. And it's a very sad love story where they are, you know, they're forced apart. They know they can never be together. He's um, already promised to another woman. So the story sort of follows Este as she leaves and becomes a ballerina at La Scala. And then they end up finding each other again as adults. And, you know, they still have a, a deep love for one another. The childhood romance has continued to to blossom even after all the years. And so we have that lovely sort of interwoven two storylines throughout the book. I noticed you chose 1946, so right after the war, which is interesting to me because you have, first off, if anyone hasn't read your books, your love scenes are just beautiful. I fall in love every time I read one of your love scenes. So I'm excited to, to read like a modern modern one now as well. Um, yes. But like 1946, why 1946? So you're so well known for doing World War II fiction. If anyone hasn't read your World yes. War II fiction, it's phenomenal. Also has beautiful love scenes. Thank you. But like why 1946? What, what made you choose that year in particular? particular. I just love that genre. I love that time period. You know, I just wanted to write something different. And so all of the books in the series are set at different times in history. The second book in the series is called The Cuban Daughter, and that is set in Cuba during the 1950s, you know, pre-revolution. And it was just nice to, to try out some different time periods and, and do some different research. And I just wanted my readers to um, to see a different side of my writing, I guess. Well, you brought up research. How do you research? Like when you said Cuba 1950s, yeah. how do you approach that? So you can actually write what it's like to be there when you weren't there in Cuba in the 1950s. Look, I think that's the most challenging part of writing historical fiction. It's um, it's one of those things where you just have to immerse yourself in reading and and um, looking at photos and and just really absorbing that culture and and what it was like, you know, during that period. So I feel like I sort of, when I'm writing a different period, I feel like I genuinely just live and breathe as much as I can um, what I'm researching. I'm working on my next historical uh, World War II fiction at the moment. Before that, I handed in my book set in Cuba and, oh, it was just amazing. Women in there, beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Talk to me about the series idea. Like, how do you get the inspiration for an eight book series? I'm fascinated. I feel like I'd been thinking about the series for so many years and wanting to write a beautiful, a just connected books that you could read out of order. It doesn't matter whether, where you pick up a book in the series. Yeah, I think it had been in my mind for such a long time. And I actually, I've sold it. I've sold the first four books. I didn't want to commit to all eight straight away. But as soon as I started writing it, it stood out to me as I knew I had to write all eight of them. It just feels like the right time in my career, I suppose, to, to try something different and to really push myself and just be able to build my readership and, and show my readers, you know, something different from me as well. And I love the fact that this one also takes you to a vineyard, right? The main character yeah. goes to work in a vineyard in Italy. That had to be fun, researching the vineyard setting piece of what it's like to work there. Yeah, it was just so beautiful. I, I loved that research. When I started out writing, I, I wrote contemporary romance. So I felt like it was almost, um, it was just nice, almost like coming home to what I first started writing. And so I very much fell in love with Italy, uh, the vineyard, and obviously our gorgeous hero as well. He was um, Antonio. He's just delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. How can you not fall in love with an Italian hero with all of that oh, romance and food? And yes, indeed. 
I was going to say, there's a scene in the book where they're celebrating after the harvest and they've got just this beautiful feast on the table and wine flowing and all these gorgeous people, gorgeous evening as the sun sets. And, you know, I just think, oh, I could just, during lockdown, I could just see myself there. It was where I wanted to be. So it felt really beautiful writing it. There's a few things. I feel like I would love all Italian food. I've got them eating. I think, what do I have them doing? Just baking fresh bread in the morning and eating spaghetti. I just, everything about Italy, just, yeah, I just love it. I, I actually uh, took a little look at your first reviews because people are already loving this who got early copies. And here's some of the things I saw that really caught my attention. People talk about how emotional the book is, how full of hope. It is full of hope and love and also heartbreaking. Several people commented that although it's emotional and full of hope, it's also heartbreaking at times. You've obviously like really grabbed folks and pulled them into the emotion side of the story. Yeah, it has been lovely seeing those early reviews. Um, I think for me, it was about trying to really capture that emotion and that heartbreak of, of the, the past story that we're interweaving in and then having that beautiful element of hope and travel and falling in love when you're least expecting it in the modern day part of it. So I sort of feel like, you know, we need these kinds of stories right now. You still want that seriousness and there's still that, that you know, interesting part of the story being set in history. But we sort of need, I think with everything happening in the world, it's really beautiful to, to work on a story and share with readers something that feels hopeful and happy and shows all the possibilities that there still are in the world. I love that. And so you've written so many books at this point. Like you say, you started in romance, you're known for World War II fiction, and those books are fabulous. If anyone has read those, you're missing out. And now you've got this series. What advice do you have for people who are trying to find, you know, what their passion, their niche is, writers who are maybe earlier in the career in their career? Look, I think the biggest thing for me is just to write. You know, you can go to all the writers' conferences, you can listen to, you know, all the experts talk about writing, but at the end of the day, the only way we learn to write and we get better at writing is just by writing. I wrote seven manuscripts before I was published and I feel that they were like my apprenticeship. And I often say to someone, you don't become a lawyer or, you know, an accountant or, you know, any other profession without studying and without learning what you're going to, you know, at the time you need to believe it might be published, but I think it's okay to just be writing and learning and developing your voice. For me, I certainly found myself with romance early on. I very much approached my writing career. I was a journalist before this and working as a freelance journalist while I was trying to get published. And I very much approached it like a career and something I wanted to, to do full time. But, you know, things change. And, and although I loved writing romance and I still do, you know, there were other opportunities out there and I wrote my first historical fiction novel and um, it became my bestseller. So that sort of showed me that even though I found those books really hard to write and I still do because you know writing historical can be um it's harder than just sitting down for me personally and writing a, a modern story but I just I love the book it connected with readers and so I sort of I pivoted and and really moved my career in that direction and now I feel like it was the right time to say maybe I'll go back to a little bit of romance. I mean, my historical books always have some romance in them. Um, I think you need to write what you love, but you also, if you're wanting to make a career of, of, in publishing, is, is also looking at what's selling um, and where you can fit in with, with books that are really, you know, resonating with readers. It's over 40, but I actually need to, I get asked this question and I need to count the number. I've been writing since, I think I had my, I had my first book published in 2011. I was writing shorter romance sort of uh, novels at the time. So I feel like I, I got quite a few novels published in those first four, four or five years, but I've written um, 
eight historical World War, uh, World War II books um, and obviously this, this new series as well. So that's where my focus is now. And of all of those, is there one that you're best known for so far? Like your first bestseller, which was, which was the one was, yeah. that was the first so that was actually That was my book, Voyage of the Heart. So I actually originally self-published that book. I sort of, a friend said to me, just come on, just put that book up there on Amazon. You know, it'll, you know, it's worth just putting it out there. And I actually did it as my master's project when I went back to university and did a master of fine arts. I thought, oh, look, I'll just put it up there. And the same friend um, emailed me well, or text me, you know, one day and said, have you seen how that book's doing? And back then I didn't really even understand sales rankings or, you know, all that sort of thing. And I said to her, oh, wow, it's actually selling quite well. And then Amazon Publishing phoned me, oh, emailed my agent and, um, and we later had a phone call and, and they bought that first book. So I feel that Voyage of the Heart is probably that book and my second historical uh, fiction, Wives of War, are probably my two biggest sellers of all time. So I feel that a lot of my readers found me with those two early ones and have, have kept reading my books, which has been beautiful. You've got a beautiful community of readers. I see people write all the time that Soraya is a must buy. Whatever oh. you're coming out with, they're going to buy it. So I, I love that you've built that community of readers yeah. who just know that any any topic you apply your skill to is going to end up having that emotional, hopeful, romantic, you know, well-researched, but I would say it's more the emotion that people really identify with in your book. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. A lot of women will email me and say, oh, I've never read World War II fiction, but, you know, I'm, I'm loving your books. And, you know, I've now, and they often will read one and, and it's really lovely because they will then read, you know, the other books that I've published. And I think for me, it's not so much about, I mean, obviously I want to show history and I'm very passionate about people who may not know a lot about history and you know finding out um, more but I think it's for me it's more like you say drawing on the emotions and really just showing what it was like to be a woman at that time and 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 trying to show female relationships and emotions and what's happening and has your own process changed a lot I mean 40 odd books like since you started do you yeah. see the way that you approach it you were just talking before we started how, how you're yeah. writing multiple books per year which blows my mind has your process how you approach it really changed over time you know, it really has actually. So if you're not a, a writer, there's there's what we call pantsers and plotters. And so a plotter is someone who, you know, plots out their story before they start. A pantser writes by the seat of their pants. I was very much in the pants camp when I first started out. I would just sit down every day and I would write. And that was before I had children as well. So I feel like it was, you know, um, I found it a lot easier to concentrate then and figure it out. My editor actually said to me, and she said to me, do you plot you know, plot these books before you start. I mean, I obviously had an outline and I knew what had to happen, but she said, you need to be doing a, a detailed chapter by chapter outline. You know, this will make your writing process so much easier. And I said to her, but I'm not a plotter. I, I can't do that. To which she said, well, you're just going to have to learn. So she was quite hard on me. Um, and I think that was actually a, a huge moment for me because I felt like I could write contemporary romance largely without plotting in too much detail but as soon as you start having to you've got a you know your story you've got I've often got three main characters um, and they've all got their own individual story arcs and then I've got the historical element there's so much going on you just can't now I'm actually I'm a converted plotter and I have a very detailed chapter by chapter outline with every single book that I write so I really have changed my process I don't think I could write with the speed that I have to now if I didn't like you say writing multiple books I really need to have everything perfectly planned out before before I start. It's painful. It's not natural for me, but it works. How long does it take you to write that detailed outline? Like if you're working on one of those, is that like a, a week or a month or like many months? Like what I normally do is I normally write what I call the back cover blurb. So if I've got an idea and I've been sort of making notes and doing research, I always think if I can't write a good back cover blurb, I haven't got a hook and I haven't got the right things happening. So I do that first. So that's a, like two or three 
uh, paragraphs perhaps. And then once I've got that down, I do my sort of two to three page outlines. And then I'll later um, go on to do my chapter by chapter outline. So I feel like I put a lot of time into that groundwork so that when I start writing, I'm actually very fast with um, with the words because I know exactly where I'm heading and what's happening in each chapter. And I'll usually have a note of exactly how long each chapter will be. So I know I'm normally aiming for between 80 and 100,000 words. So I've become quite detailed <laughs> with this plotting. By the time I sit down to do the chapter outline, I would usually take probably two weeks on it, I'd say, just to really try and figure it out and get that balance right. And then I also send it to my editor to make sure that she feels I'm hitting all those points. And I feel that in doing this, it really made it made my editor's job easier because I feel that the revisions are lighter because we've actually gone through sort of chapter by chapter. She's seen the flow of the story and how it's developing. And we often will make changes at that stage. And then it makes the actual writing and editing process easier and faster. Fingers crossed. I'm in, yeah. I'm, I'm in awe of learning to be a plotter because I'm definitely on the <laughs> pantser side. And I think I'm completely, well, I am in the middle of completely rewriting for my fifth draft of my second book. So like I, I'm in awe yeah. and like, yes, I want to learn to be that. So yeah. talking about writing, reading, uh, what do you like to read? And do you have any recommendations of anything you've read that's good recently? Yeah, I've actually read quite a little bit lately. Um, I've started reading on my Kindle a lot more and I, for a long time there, I really was um, really only reading paperbacks, but I have been loving Heather Morris's um, series, The Tattooist of Auschwitz, and I've also just got the third book in the series, so Three Sisters, so I'm eagerly waiting to start that book. And I'm also very, very behind the eight ball on this, but I've, I'm reading The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna as well. So I know many people will be horrified that it's taken an historical fiction author this long to read <laughs> such a best-selling book, but I often shy away from reading those stories because I think um, it can be quite intimidating reading someone who is so popular in a similar genre that or the same genre that you write in. So I often don't read those books that I, I put them aside for quite some time. I have really been um, reading a lot of historical fiction lately. So no, but Heather Morris's series is brilliant if you haven't already read it. Do you read while you're writing? Like I've heard people say that if they're writing in a particular voice or a particular time period that they avoid reading in that same time period while they're in the process of writing. Are you able yeah. to do it? I normally very much avoid it. And I think it's uh, it's something I've always been very careful of. Um, I think I've sort of developed my voice and, and where are the stories I'm writing. It doesn't worry me as much now, but I used to be, you know, I, I never used to read anything historical. You know, I'd sort of read thrillers and different sort of contemporary romance or completely different stories um, depending on um, on what I was writing at the time but the nightingale has been on my kindle for so long and I couldn't sleep the other night and I just turned my kindle on saw it and thought you know what I'm going to start reading it but I'm also very much looking forward to reading the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo so we're going on vacation soon and that is um that paperback is sitting there ready to pack <laughs> that's another one that I haven't read yet but it's like the TikTok book it's everywhere yes, yes. folks want to connect yes. with you where do you hang out and where's the best place for them to find you yeah well so for those of you who don't know Lainey and I are both members of Blue Sky Book Chat um, which is a fabulous group on Facebook you know I think Lainey you'll agree with me they're just such a friendly bunch of readers and, and obviously there's a number of authors on there including us and it's um, it's a really great place to be um, you can also find me um, at my website sarayalane.com yeah I'm always on Facebook and have a, my own Facebook reader group as well so so I'll put the links to your Facebook page and also your reader group and Blue Sky Book Chat on the episode page at bestofwomensfiction.com so folks can find those easily. And before we wrap up, is there anything I missed or that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you? Anything in particular? 
No, look, I'm just so excited about the new book coming out. Um, obviously, it's it's just come out, so it's, it's available on Kindle, audio, and in paperback. This book has also been picked up by 11 publishers so far um, around the world for foreign translations. So it's been a really, really exciting to see just how well the book's been received throughout Europe in particular. So I'm very much looking forward to, I've just seen the covers, the Dutch covers, and um, the German edition will be coming out early next year as well. So it's just been, yeah, it's been a really exciting journey. So hopefully I'll be able to connect with a lot more readers from around the world. Yeah. Oh, that's phenomenal. Is there a cover you like the most or you're not allowed to play favorites? I've only seen the Dutch cover and it is just the most, oh, it's just so pretty. It's just got this lovely, soft, summery, pink sort of feeling about it. Very much looking forward to sharing that when I can. I haven't seen the other covers, but it is, um, it's just so exciting. Um, oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations, because I can tell from the reviews, people already love the book and it's going to well, do great. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and this has been fun and I'm excited for folks to get their hands on the book. Yeah, thanks so much. On our website, you can find links to the books mentioned in this episode, the author's social media and the video version. We also have a newsletter where you can stay up to date on new episodes. For all of that, please visit us at www.bestofwomensfiction.com. 